This is Publishers Lunch Deluxe for Friday, May 26th. Of the 35 deals we reported today is James Beard Award-nominated writer Nancy Matsumoto's Reaping What She Sows to Melville House. Scribe Media clarifies layoffs, says assets will be sold. Further to our reporting about Scribe Media, the company responded to Publishers Lunch's inquiries and clarified that while Scribe Media LLC is officially ceasing operations due to an Article 9 sale, the company will continue to operate as its assets are transferred to new ownership. Article 9 is part of the Uniform Commercial Code, which provides for a secured lender to repossess the secured property in the event of a default. Scribe's Chief Experience Officer, Megan McCracken, tells Publishers Lunch that a buyer has not been determined saying, quote, there are many interested buyers at the moment, end quote. The company confirms they laid off 87 employees, but also says that they have retained about a third of their previous staff. <clears throat> McCracken says CEO Javon McCormick is also stepping down. As previously reported by Publishers Lunch, fired employees received a letter Wednesday night notifying them that Scribe is forced to shut down its operations and lay off employees at our Austin location on May 24, 2023. McCracken says the letter to employees was legally required because the number of layoffs is so high. Despite its language, she says, quote, operationally, all of our clients are covered and we are continuing. The employees that are working through this ownership transition are protected and taking care of our assets, which are our clients in the work that we do for them. But as a legal entity, because of this Article 9 sale and the transfer of ownership, the legal entity is ceasing operations. She added, quote, we fully anticipate completely resuming normal operations at the same level of employment that we had before. Our authors are super important to us. We are set up to completely be able to serve them business as usual. We work very, very hard and very carefully to make sure that that's the case. The company has not yet responded to queries about what their standard author contract stipulates when the primary entity has its assets sold and whether clients can recover their money. When co-founder Tucker Max was asked online, I wonder if the financial problems began before or after the co-founder's exit, he replied, long after we left. Asked separately for any additional comment, Max wrote, I hope they can sort everything out. It's sad, and I wish them the best, but I left years ago. Eleven booksellers and baristas at the Barnes & Noble in Hadley, Massachusetts, voted unanim unanimously to unionize on Thursday. They will join United Food and Commercial Workers Local 1459 and move on to negotiating a contract with management. This marks the first union at a Barnes & Noble retail store. In April, the workers sent a letter to Barnes & Noble CEO James Daunt, citing low pay, inconsistent schedules, lack of communication from management, and lack of accessibility in the store. Separately, approximately 30 employees at the Barnes & Noble store in Park Slope notified management of their intention to unionize and join the retail, wholesale, and department store union. They have filed an election petition with the National Labor Relations Board, and their vote could be scheduled for as early as next month. 
workers say they seek better pay, more benefits, and stable working hours. I have been working at this store for over a year, and I constantly see how our low wages affect me and my coworkers in what I can choose to afford each week, whether it's food, a metro cord, card, or time spent with friends, senior bookseller Haruka Iwasaki said in a release. There is an unfair balance in how much I am working and how much we are getting paid. Their efforts and objectives align with workers at the chain's Union Square flagship store, who also are in the process of forming a union and winning recognition. That store's election will be held on June 7th. Bertelsmann CEO Thomas Robb told the Financial Times that, for creative industries, generative AI could be very positive, provided we understand its potentials and threats. Overall, he sees the technology as, on balance, probably more of an opportunity. For example, he said there were even opportunities for authors to augment their output by feeding software with their previous output to generate new content. Rabe added, if it's your content for which you own the copyright and then you use it to train the software, you can, in theory, generate content like never before. Plus, he also argued that a proliferation of AI-generated books and articles of varying quality would increase the value of works from respected sources. He also used ChatGPT in preparation for a staff event at Penguin Random House in Munich. I asked ChatGPT what the impact of ChatGPT or generative AI is on publishing. It prepared a phenomenal text. Frankly, it was pretty detailed and to the point, he told Financial Times. Still, he said the company's legal team is investigating how using existing works by creators to train AI models, as in the case of self-published works from Smashwords being scraped, could be a copyright infringement. In agency news, agent Susan Burkholz at Susan Burkholz Literary Services will retire as of June 1st and transfer control of her agency to Stuart Bernstein Representation for Artists. A number of Burkholz's author, including Julia Alvarez and Sandra Cineros, had already begun working with Bernstein on new projects in recent years, and now control of their backlists will follow. Separately, a number of authors who already have new representation will transfer backlists to those agents or take control themselves. Bernstein said in the announcement, Meeting Susan Burkholz helped me plan the direction of my life and shape my approach to working with writers as both a literary and a lecture agent. I shall be forever indebted to her. Burkholz adds, I have known Stuart Bernstein for 40 years, and there is no one I would rather see continuing this work. I am grateful that he agreed to take this on. They indicate that the transfer will take several months to complete, after which Burkholz will devote herself to gathering and placing her extensive archive that documents and defines a unique period in publishing during the 80s and 90s up to the current day. That's all the news for today. Have a wonderful holiday weekend.